common topic in the world of NFTs and in the metaverse is the idea of real estate. It's something we've talked about on the Bitmart Brain Trust before. And now we're talking with two people who are looking to bring luxury lifestyle into the metaverse. I am joined today by Benjamin Jarman and Nathan Cohen. They are the co-founders of Lands. And they are here to talk about the world of lands and what we can expect to see from them. You can find more information at lands. That's L-A-N-D-Z dot I-O. And they are looking to give you opportunities to own estates in Decentraland, the Sandbox, and beyond. And I'm, I've been taking a look at the website. Over 5,000 mansions, six premium styles, randomized amenities and traits. There's a cigar room, an NFT closet, so many things. And guys, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here on NFT 101. Thank you, Matt, for uh, having us. Thank you. So you guys are the co-founders. You're the you're the brains behind Lands. First and foremost, Nathan, then Ben, how did we get here? How did this concept come about? What was it that was intriguing to you about this concept? And what were the steps that you initially had to take to get to where we are today? So... Ben and I were friends and we were both passionate about the, the metaverse in general. We were acquiring land in different metaverse platforms. And we thought one day, look, you know, there's really a, a lot to be done in terms of onboarding people and companies into the metaverse. A lot of uh, questions are being asked around that topic these days. And so we thought, well, it's really inconvenient that, you know, you got to build a you got to buy a piece of land first, determine which platform you really want to be in before finding a 3D designer and adding utility to, you know, have something that looks like something that becomes usable in the end. So we thought, why not facilitate this and try to create an NFT collection that would feature real estate, virtual real estate assets that would be uh, deployable over several metaverse platforms at once. Uh, so therefore we're doing the work ahead and then people can just, you know, personalize and deploy and just enjoy, uh, as it goes. And when you, when you took a look at the, the first steps going forward outside of finding a designer, what were the hallmarks of the buildings you wanted to develop in this space and kind of the key user you thought that would be effective in growing the business or someone who would jump aboard having a mansion or a museum? What was it going into the, the building of the meta buildings? Yeah, there's a lot of companies that, you know, we own companies, Ben and I, aside from this, and, uh, you know, we knew we had interest uh, in, you know, helping other companies uh, be able to establish a presence. So a bit like, you know, in the uh, late 90s, when, you know, companies were establishing a presence on the web, it's kind of this, you know, time, uh, you know, where you want to start having you know a foot in the metaverse you want to show that you know your brand name is out there so for advertising purposes you want to be there but also to showcase your product so we thought that the first use cases were probably with uh you know retailers wanting to have their products out there either as, as nfts or just you know uh images of their products in a metaverse uh you know a space that's uh, worthy of their names as well as uh, headquarters, corporations that you know want to establish a presence and tell their employees they could host an event or they could gather in a place uh, and look at a video together from all you know corners in the world. That's really the first use cases that we had in mind for them. Yeah, and co collections as well. I mean, 
we, we just figured why are NFTs so popular and why when I go into Decentraland, when I, when I go into Metaverses, don't I see clearly everyone that I'm seeing on Discord, right? Why isn't there, is it Web3 where you're supposed to see kind of in 3D as well in the Metaverse, um, the popularity of what you see on the rest of the, of the platforms on Web2? And, and I think, you know, DAO's projects are so interesting, collections, and they want to gather together and um, and I, I think uh, we we also had those guys in mind, right? Rationalizing whatever commerce there is of the NFT world into into the metaverse, so that they can start experiencing it. And we wanted to, you know, solve that problem for sure. And I saw a talk at the Harvard uh, Innovation Lab earlier this year that talked about that. One group is looking to reimagine the world that we work in, being able to connect in person via the metaverse, despite being able to work anywhere in the world. There are a lot of use cases, especially coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, the rise of work from home, and the ability to create communities. We, You talked about Discord, but having that ability to interface in, in a metaphysical form must have been a real important aspect of it. And you take a look at these buildings, they are really lovely looking buildings. Like if they were in real life, these would definitely go for tens of or hundreds of millions of dollars on the open market. What were the creative inspirations for these buildings? When you take a look at some of the houses, the mansions, the museums, the office buildings, what were some of the artistic inspiration? I know you guys are based down in Miami. Were there any Art Deco inspirations? There's some buildings in here that kind of remind me of the old New York grandeur of some of the office buildings that I've been working in the majority of my adult life. Walk us through that process. Yeah, so uh, the collection was thought out to uh, really cater to a wide variety of tastes and, you know, people and places. So, uh you definitely have, you know, those mentions that that represent like a little bit uh, all the, uh, you know, possible design directions that we've experienced, uh, you know, in the real world. Uh, so it's it's kind of, uh, you know, taking back at that, but in the metaverse. So we have like the typical Miami mansion for sure. It's very modern, cubist type of, uh, you know, uh, floor to ceiling glass house. But we also have. You know, a house that looks more like a hacienda, you know, like for, uh, you know, people from South America or like we called it the cartel, the one that we designed. So it has a cigar room. Uh, it has a lot of uh, features and, and uh, moldings are reminiscent of that area uh, in time. And uh, we also have different assets that come out of nowhere. For example, there's a, a one mansion that's called the Cloud. Uh, and because we're in the metaverse, you know, we're not bound by the uh, same physical rules that would, you know, uh, uh, you know, constrain us in the, in the real world. So we have that uh, floating second floor that's an entire, you know, single entity on itself that you can access through a levitating platform. And so your avatar, avatar can just go on the platform, be lifted up to the second floor and just enjoy the view from there. So that's kind of the design takes we took on those uh, assets, even for museums in uh, HQs. One of the museums, uh, it's called the Hive. It, it has like bubbles are really virtually floating in the air. So you have different rooms at different levels in the air and you could just go and access your art collection or your displays or uh, on exhibit over there. 
uh, and HQs are you know as interesting. We get a one that's very reminiscent of the the Rockefeller. We actually called it the Rocketfeller uh, building. So it's it's kind of very interesting with a lot of moldings. But we also have a take on uh, you know more modern structures or more metaverse like, like the United Metaverses, which is the name of one of our buildings, uh, or another one that's more organic looking. So we try to cater to a lot of people and and taste out there. I think I think there's 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 a couple of points uh, that we tried to to address with design that was that it, that it stays premium right that that we you know you you're going to the metaverse and you're you're upgrading uh, yourself into whatever you you dream of but we didn't want to go too far it, we wanted it for it to be digestible so that the flow that you're using when you're going into your mansion or your HQ or gallery is, is a flow that's natural. So you know where to go and what to expect. And, and it's something where we, we wanted to create it as diverse as possible so that you could have a base for your identity, which leads to customization where um, there you actually get to the point where you make it entirely your own. So it was really like the beginning of somebody's metaverse home identity, right? Whether it's a business a collector or a gallery. So uh, so that was, I think, kind of solving all of this at the same time, that, that that's the result you see in a lot of Nate's, uh, you know, work on this. And when you take a look at the roadmap, you guys are going to be, per your white paper, minting on July 10th. There's a whole run-through between now and the start of 2023, including parties, a whole bunch of experiences for owners. What's the reaction been so far in the lead-up to minting day on July 10th? There's a pre-sale coming up, the whitelist. What has been the reaction from the build of the buildings, the plans behind lands, from the greater NFT universe? So we've got a tremendous response from this market. I mean, it, it's really a, is a, you know, we're in the bear market and a lot of people are concerned about a lot of the uh, typical NFT collections. And with ours, we're very surprised that the interest that people are, you know, uh, showing towards our collection, they really are all saying, look, it's a utility collection. So it does make a lot of sense. Nowadays, we're past the, uh, uh, more collectible oriented collections and we want something that has utility and that bring uh, use cases into the metaverse. So it resonates a lot with actual businesses and collectors and people that are looking for this utility aspect of the NFT, the web free spaces. Uh, and so that's the kind of response that we're getting right now. We're you know, really excited about that. And, and there's a lot of fun to this too. As someone who grew up in the 2000s with the Sims and Roller Coaster Tycoon, this is not the exact same thing, but our generation has a lot of hallmarks to creating something in the metaverse. You had Second Life, you had all these different platforms. This feels like oh, the adult evolution of that. How do you market to people who may be NFT skeptics, who may not be all in on the project, but they see something like this and it kind of sparks something in them that's a bit of a nostalgia bomb or something to where it's like, oh, that does look cool. How, how do you convert that audience? Because we're seeing a lot more acceptance of the metaverse and of NFTs. We're seeing a lot of people in, in their 20s and 30s start to really get ingrained in this. But how do you make that sell to someone who may just have that nostalgia ping to, to those games and to that kind of mentality? Yeah. I mean, Go ahead. to your to your point, Matt. I mean, uh, we 
we are actually creating a gamified experience of our amenities. Each of our mansions or assets have a certain number of amenities, 40, about 40, that are going to be randomized uh, throughout uh, the entire collection. And all of those amenities, we're working on, on making them gamified. So that means that you'll be able to play a small, you know, arcade game, for example, at one of our parties uh, to gain a whitelist. And it's going to be an old school arcade game, the same way that you can play a little game of tennis. Simple experiences that you can go into the metaverse and experience and start feeling like a kid again. Same thing, kind of that nostalgia, um, uh, playing simple things as an adult into, into a metaverse experience. And a lot of brands that we're talking to and a lot of people representing those brands say that that's what they're looking for, that little fun part. But it cannot be overdone or over complex. And that, that's what we're bringing to the table. The amenities that you'll see are, you know, basketball court, tennis court, um, you know, some, some clicks here and there that are going to be one-on-one -on -one play or single play uh, or two-on-two. -two, but it's, it's never going to be, you know, too complex. It's always going to be digestible. And I, I think that's where you cater to, to that nostalgia is where you make it as simple as possible. You know, we were asking how do we convince people that might be skeptical or that don't perceive the right value. Well, as soon as we talk about, uh, you know, how much of a piece of infrastructure this NFT collection is in the metaverse, people start understanding what we're trying to achieve and they start seeing, you know, the utility for them. So if I may elaborate a little more on this, uh, basically we are, creating something that is an asset that you can personalize and that you can deploy in any type of metaverse that we support uh, as part of the collection. So basically, you not only buy an asset that looks visually satisfying um, with all the randomization and all the uh, specific uh, traits that you know Ben explained that come into play and that make your mention or your asset unique, but you're also gaining access to a platform on Lens.io, which is our platform, our red platform. The owner of that NFT will be able to visualize his asset, but also personalize it in a matter of a few clicks. So wherever in that mention, for example, you have art displays or a big TV set or, um, you know, a closet. These are actually NFT holders and the owner of that asset will be able to, you know, determine what goes where from his own personal collection. So he could say, I own these NFTs and I want these NFTs to show on the art displays that are located within my house. So virtually this house becomes a case for their NFT collection, their clothing NFT collections get featured in their own closet. Uh, their video NFTs get featured or streamed on the TV set that is in their house. And all this they can easily configure from our platform. And then once configured, they can decide to deploy this whole personalized asset into one of the metaverse platforms that we partnered with, uh, like Sandbox, uh, Decentraland, Spatial, um, and, you know, Polyland, they can eventually have and see that asset on their land or even on community land that is shared with them. So there's a lot of utility that comes from that collection. Uh, it's even a way for themselves to hedge 
you know, their investment or their way of looking at the Web3, again, what could happen to a certain metaverse versus another, because they'll always be able to carry and deploy their asset into any of these metaverse platforms in the future. Lands.io is the place for you to learn more about this. There's an awesome light paper that I'm looking at right now that breaks down everything you'll get to see, a lot of the stuff that's being talked about here. So glad to have you guys with us for this episode of NFT 101. You guys have a Discord community, and a lot of this is predicated on community. Having people coming over, you sell the idea of hosting parties in your space, creating this kind of elite kind of nightlife ability that more people might be inclined to go to a metaverse party in 2022 than they would in 2019 because of what we've been dealing with in the world. And also it's a global community. So you might be able to make friends through your discord channel and have this party where people from either Montreal, Miami, you know, uh, Saskatoon and beyond could be a part of this. Is the community the cornerstone of this and how do you guys believe you'll be able to grow this community and grow with the community? I think, I think, I mean, to, to Nate's point earlier, the, the lens club, the fact that we're giving access to land all over, um, you know, all the metaverses that we partner, we're going to purchase, um, land there and give access to our community so that they can deploy their NFTs for free for periodical events and and that kind of um common status that you have where you're in a club you know like a country club where you can do the same thing have those events and have access to any metaverse that's step one and the fact that you that we grow with more and more metaverses over time and that they grow with us is, is a great uh community bond because they're going to discover metaverses with us and, uh, and we're going to do the same with them. And that's, uh, I think that's a very, very strong point on community and owning similar assets. And a lot of them, a lot of people I talk to, they say, well, to some extent, I'm going to have neighbors, right? Because um, I'm going to, I'm going to own estates that, that start from the same base, right? And, and so they're going to be my community neighbors and they're going to feel like that. And that's what I feel is a, is a very strong bond uh, that's starting to form within our community. It is an awesome thing to hear. And and the thing about the metaverse is it feels like there's not going to be, as you said, there, as more metaverses pop up, as more things pop up, there's going to be more land. It's not, fi it doesn't feel finite. It, you know, I live in New York City and you got to pay for a box in the sky that is like five by five. <laughs> you don't have that in the metaverse. So how freeing is it to basically have, you know, not the literal sandbox, but a metaphorical sandbox to build brand new worlds and curate ostensibly these meta societies, there's got to be a social contract with that between you and the user that ensures that their needs, what's going, what's best for them, what's best for the community comes first. Right. And so we have this motto, uh, no land, no problem, because we're here to solve that issue. You know, we don't want people to have to buy expensive land and bet a lot of money on something that you know, may not be sustainable because another metaverse platform is going to come out in a few months from now. So, you know, we're building the community first, we're building the assets first, and we're giving people an opportunity to invest in the metaverse space without having to bet on one platform or another. So that's how we intend on building the community around virtual real estate and make it something sustainable. And that is, uh, you know, a fraction of the price 
of why it would have cost you, you know, to go into one metaverse space specifically and design the same type of same type of building. And and before we wrap up here, this has been an awesome conversation with the minds behind lands.io, Nathan and Benjamin. What do you want people who will be touching lands.io for the first time in July or find it through the NFT 101 podcast? What's one thing we haven't brought up yet that you want them to know that when they mint, when they make their purchase, what's going to be some of the exciting parts that we haven't tapped into yet in this conversation? There's so much to say. Uh, I think that there's a lot of surprises or surprises that are in the works for uh, these NFT owners. I mean, uh, some of the amenities are like super cool and uh, will surprise them a lot. You know, uh, some of the common amenities that are known are like a helipad or a yacht or, um, you know, even a, a rocket launcher. So uh, it's really uh, metaverse oriented. It's really fun. And so you know, these buyers would be uh, putting together, you know, utility and fun and the collectible aspect of that collection. So we really hope that they'll find all that in, uh, in that drop. I, for one, am excited for the idea of a rocket launcher. As someone who played an inordinate amount of Halo in high school, anytime you hear the words rocket and launcher put together in one sentence in a metaverse construct makes someone very excited. So I, I personally am excited for that. I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm excited that you guys were able to take the time out and speak with us here on NFT 101. Once again, if you want to be a part of lands, if you want to own property, if you want a mansion, you want an office building, you want a freaking museum, Inside the metaverse, you go to lands.io. That's L A D Z, L A N D Z.io. That's L A N D Z.io. And you can follow them on Twitter at twitter.com slash lands that's l-a-n-d-z underscore nft that is at l-a-n-d-z underscore nft on twitter and of course you can just click in the description below we'll have all the links and also the link to their discord which is discord.gg slash lands dash nft guys thank you so much for joining us here on nft 101 and as lands continues to grow and you're getting ready for stage two stage three and beyond We'd love to have you back on the show to talk about what you've learned and also what's coming next for Lance. Nathan, thank you. Benjamin, thank you guys for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Matt, for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. That has been NFT 101. And now for the disclaimer. Hey, Nathan here from BitMart. Hope you liked that conversation. I know that I always do. It's great learning more about crypto and kind of putting a face behind all the technical jargon. But that's not the last thing we have to do. We've got to get some legal stuff out of the way. And so here it goes. All opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.